I thought that you know who That the hood don't love nobody That's why we can't grow Yeah, the hood don't love nobody I thought that you know who That the hood don't love nobody That's why we can't grow let me take you back to old folk Mind off a mafia Red rag hanging low Blowing on some sticky drove Mama told me slow my roll But daddy told me pack my shit I thought I was wrong And they was tired of my foolishness Me and Kenny Ray was tight Just like counting Russell Way before he became a sucker At the car wash in my chuckle Nicking down a cutie pie Trying to get a whole thing Fitzgerald was cool back in school He got that dope man Dame had the hood hot Little niggas was banging Switching up and flanging Inglewood mob ganging County was my old G. Benny Hill was there too Back then we had a different view Sometimes that shit a distance you Thugging in my dick and soup like California treetop And I had some prices that were sweeter than the bebop Can't forget them suckers Sneak this was trying to clown me Bumping player fly You wonder why the hood won't crown me See the hood don't love nobody I thought that you know That the hood don't love nobody Good evening everybody And welcome to another episode of Cadillac Video Podcast my heart is heavy today because over the weekend I got some bad news. I want to send a shout out to BG Gotti. Keep your head up. Rest in peace, Godfather. My heart and condolences go out to the family. Stay strong, brothers. A few days ago, I had the pleasure of interviewing the Center Park Bloods. It was my first time meeting Taco and Spaghetti. Shout out to B-Rap for making it all happen. This is an interesting area. It sits on the southeast border of Inglewood. The area could have easily been Crips, but the Center Park Bloods emerged and established it as part of their territory in the late 70s. <laughs> Spuddy B of the Center Park Bloods will be joining us this evening, and he'll be talking about his books and growing up in Inglewood, California. Say the hood don't love nobody. I thought that you know who. That the hood don't love nobody That's why we can't grow Yeah, the hood don't love nobody I thought that you know That the hood don't love nobody That's why we can't grow Today we're going to find out what role, if any, the Inglewood family played on Center Park being Bloods. We'll talk about the relations between the two sets, along with Queen Street, Avenue Pyro. Crenshaw Mafia, and Weirdo Gangster Bloods. A lot of people always ask, will I be interviewing any of the smaller gangs? This is definitely a small gang compared to the larger gangs of Los Angeles. During their height, I estimate them to be between 50 and 150 max. As we already know, it's not always about the numbers, it's about the heart and how many people you have that can move a crowd. So I'm gonna get to the messages and answer any questions you may have for me, and then I'm going to get Spuddy B on the line. Yo, Kev, what up? Appreciate the history. This is Gino Borelli from Long Island. Just a quick suggestion. I'm pretty sure you get a lot of them, all kind of critics or whatever, but I was hearing someone asked about, you know, something about Hollywood reaching out to you, Netflix, or whatever. And I don't know if you remember, but on Instagram, I had asked you that a little while back or whatever. But anyway, um, are you familiar with, you know, these uh, street hood web series? Like, uh, 
you know, New York based, like, um, money and violence, respect life. It's like a bunch of them now, um, project heat. And, you know, it's like, you know, pretty unprofessional, but they're really good. And they got a good street buzz from it. Um, if not, you should check them out on YouTube. Um, and I was just saying that maybe someone in LA should do that with the buzz and crips would be really interesting. A good friend of mine first mentioned it to me about two weeks ago. This is only the second time I'm hearing about it. I wasn't aware of it. I haven't seen it, but I agree with your overall assessment. Something like this needs to be done on L.A. L.A.'s urban culture is, is very rich and very deep, and I'm sure a lot of people would enjoy seeing something like that. Hey, what's going on, Kev? This is uh, Mike out of Abilene, man. Seems to be having some technical difficulties to try to record this other part of this message, but definitely would like to uh, see you do an interview with some of uh, the OG Watts Vario Grapes, some uh, Christian Mafias, and some Denver Lanes. Um, I reached out to you a couple days ago via Instagram um, about doing something on the OG Black Lowriders. Um, Definitely would uh like to see you know Mafia for Life. I know you're already working on something with uh with with the Damu Riders, but definitely want to hear about Mafia for Life and Dale Dog and uh, some of the reputables out of that hood that are real and they made a real big pack, impact on this low rider game, man. So uh, definitely looking forward to maybe like I said hearing hearing more hearing more from you, man, and just be safe out there, bro. We really really fucking with y'all here in Texas, cuz be safe, man. Later. I was just speaking to B-Rat about this. He has a car club called Cold-Blooded LA Car Club. So that's a unique possibility. The Majestics are always a possibility. And a partner of mine and I are working on the Damu Riders right now. So hopefully we'll get that soon. I'm gonna put on some music real quick. This next song was sent in to me by a guy named Fitzgerald Godwin from Inglewood Brims in Birmingham, Alabama. Nigga, trap, nigga, heater in my lap, nigga, move to the eight, put the ham on the map, nigga, raise round hard heads, wearing all red, if it's by some beef and not some bustin', then we all bled, truth in the booth, respected on the concrete, I will put these pimpin' skills on the young freak, no game raised me, preacher couldn't save me, product of the 80s, no skinny jeans, baby, handed with the steel, work a wheel like I'm pimpin', used to be a shooter with that Ruger, don't tempt me, well known, underrated, blood gang affiliated, I really live what I'm talking, ho, I'm validated, who it hoes love me, OGs tap me up, youngsters put them pictures on the ground, we can snap it up, thug life, real deal, straight up out of fair field, VIP to and one, so let's crack a seal, you know what the deal, 15 years in the rap game, I keep a heater when I roll, it's a trap thing, had some hard times in my life, but I stay strong, lipping on my last leg, pimping, I be holding on, I'll keep The hustle it was passed down from Eddie G. Bloodline purified. I put it on the line. Niggas sneak this me like some bitches with them dirty lies. Ain't got no time for these niggas on that funny shit. Get up off your ass, stop loafing, get some money, bitch. Deadly with this pen, so poetic with my flow again. All my friends in the pen, and I can't pretend it hurt a nigga when your partner doing double life, and he ain't never coming home. So we found Christ, long live Julian. I know you looking down. 
and I ain't trying to let you down, homie. This is for the spanking Lincoln Regals and the Cadillac. This is for the niggas in the ghetto, never seen a stack. This is for the drug dealers, get it out the mud, niggas. Ain't no job for a felon, so we thug, nigga. I drunk a fifth of Hennessy to take away the pain. But when I woke up in the morning, it was there again. Had some hard times in my life, but I stayed strong. Living on my last leg, pimping, I be holding on. I got Spud the Blood on the line, man. Uh, tell the people who you are, Spud. Hey, what's up with me, Kev? Yeah, I'm Big Spuddy B from Eaglewood, 11th Street, Center Park. Man, I just interviewed some of your homeboys, man. That's my next video coming up. And so I just wanted to talk a little bit about your neighborhood. And uh, and you're an author, is that right? Yeah, I'm an author. Uh, I'm a crime fiction author. Right. Is that published while I was in prison? I got 12 titles out now with another one coming out next month. Books in Walmart, Barnes Noble, all across the U.S. and abroad. That's good shit, man. I'd like to congratulate you on all that. I appreciate you, bro. Did you write these books while you was locked up or yep. on the street? Yeah, I wrote, I wrote them all when I was in prison. I haven't wrote a book since I've been home. I got all this work that I did to pass the time to keep me out of mischief and melees up in the federal prison. Yeah, good shit, man. Uh, look, I want to ask you about your neighborhood. Um, how, how, how old are you right now? I'm 48. All right, so you was a youngster when Center Park started, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm the youngest. Technically, you know, my big homies always say that really I'm a part of the first generation from the, the conception of this thing. But I don't consider that because I wasn't doing nothing but just with them. You know, mm -hmm. I was the bad little, the bad little one around me and my homeboy Uchi. We was the bad little ones that they could never run. They tell us get on. We stayed with them and followed them wherever they went. You know, we hung with them late at night and everything. Then they start utilizing our little littleness, <laughs> and we start using us for mischief too. So. I'm really considered the first, but I don't claim that at all. I let my I appreciate the big homies giving me that, but no, I'm a top dog of the set. What street did you grow up on? I originally, I originally, when I, my mother moved to California in '73 from Detroit, I originally stayed on 106 in Normandy, and that's where we was going to get a house next to my cousin Billy C from Underground. And, but we couldn't get that house, so my mother moved me to 111th Street and Yukon. And then I stayed on 111th Street, Yukon, to like 70, 77. Then I moved to 108. That's the street I was really, where it all, where, where it all. So only two streets I ever stayed in Eagle was 111 and 108 in the centers. Did you know the Collins family? The who? The Collins family. You would have to tell me their first names. Collins, their last name ain't jumping out at me. I think Donald Collins, they were some Crips that lived over there in your neighborhood. Hey, uh, I probably wouldn't know because in, in the conception, early conception of the set, it wasn't nothing but Crips in the neighborhood. It was Hoovers, it was A-Trades, it was uh, Blocks, it was a little bit of everything. 
into and that, and that's what I wanted to know about too. Yeah. Uh, so that neighborhood could have easily been Crips, right? Easily and really, and I'm not, I'm not wanting to get extra with nothing. I'm just gonna get props what props is due. If you with it, you with it. If you faking, you faking. But the real gonna always be the real. And you talk to anybody that know, our hood would have been Crips if it wasn't for me in the second generation. Me and my homeboys, me, Big Rat, Uchi, Dink, um, me, Uchi, B Rat, Dink, Moose, Def Kevin, Lil Looney, Handbone, Big Handbone. We carried the set into the to the big homies start coming out the pen because all our homies disappeared. Big Taco mm -hmm. went to YA, Spaghetti went to the pen, Dimbone went to the pen, Putty moved out to Turfs, Rick Dog went um went to jail. It wasn't nothing but us, young niggas, and we didn't have no direction. We had one big homie out there, and that was the homie Emac. And thanks to him, with his guidance and what we was doing on footwork at young niggas at, at 11 and 12 years old, keeping the set going into the came back and said got deep or whatever and it progressed. But yes, Monster Cody, Lil Killer, Lil A Trey, or um Creek Big Preacher, Big Charlie Brown, I think it is, or Brown, Gangster Brown or something from A Trey. They was all in our neighborhood. Did you go to Morningside High School? Yeah. Was I went to Center Park I went to Center Park Elementary, Monroe Junior High, Morningside High School, then I went to Hillcrest, but then I went to YA. So I graduated from youth doors. Was it Crips at, at uh, Monroe and Morningside? At Monroe, it was a few Crips. You had No Talk from Myrtle Street, which is now Raymond. You had uh, Frog from Raymond, rest in peace. Then you had um, Little Chip from Ivy's. You had a hand. You had a spatter. You had you had a few. Like I said, I can name them all. You know what I mean? Yeah. That mean uh, little little um, little cast from from Sixty was there. All right. So, so um, what I'm what I'm trying to trying to you know basically get to is that uh, I did a lot of a lot of research on that area mm -hmm. before Center Park formed, mm -hmm. and guys like Michael Christian and and a lot of the original Inglewood Crips that went to Morningside, but um, before I started doing research, I had never heard nobody talk about how y'all had to really get down for that neighborhood, man, because it was all over there. Yeah, we had to, we had to move some. Yeah, we, we had to, we had to literally put a foundation down and move some, and that comes from direct thing from the homie Emac. Like I said, he was the only G homie around there, <clears throat> giving us the guidance needed. But see, it was more or less we did the footwork, but he put the work in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we, we, I ain't saying we was putting no work in at 11, 12 years old. Our work was patrolling the hood, keeping the hood hit up, patrolling the hood every night. We see niggas our age or something, we get at them. You know what I mean? Patrolling Tropicana Bowling Alley, which too many people don't even remember because that was that long ago. You know, we'd come in the bowling alley. It had three inches. We'd send two homies in on each side, two in the front, and walk in and see if we could catch anybody, run big niggas up out of there and whoever. Yeah, it's like, oh, them little niggas running wild. Yeah, I um I know Taco and Spaghetti was talking about how your neighborhood was small in membership, and uh, you know a lot of people look at your area as kind of a small area compared to L.A. gangs, but I, I don't think a lot of people are aware of how many murders actually went down in that neighborhood. I mean, yeah, see, our numbers had always been small, even from conception. It probably was about twenty homes. With the big, I don't even, I can't even say 20 for, I think 20 putting down, I probably, maybe 10 or 15 if I really just really counted. 
big homies. And then they vanished. But see, then it was me and Uchi, D-Rat, Dink, and then it was my second generation, about, about 12 of us. So that put us about 30 deep. Then now as, as time progressed, homies came back, these young dudes in the neighborhood and third generation, all my young homies up under me, who was watching our thing and it transgressed. And I say right now, fully populated, you count every motherfucking body you want to add to it in jail, we may be probably about 150 strong now. Mm-hmm. And that's fully populated, counting every single soul. <laughs> but I like that. Right. I've always liked that. I've always loved that. Because though we were small, with our main opposition was the IBCs and the Water Gangs. Then it came into the hard time hustle. The Ramers, we, we, they was too, but we really wasn't targeting. We let the mafias really deal with them because we was more focused on the back side and we were protecting the Borders Angels, Imperial and Crenshaw. Mm-hmm. When when did the war with uh, Ivy uh, Watergate start in the eighties? And, and when and it, it, it you know it started. I mean, it was started once it was established. You know, Watergate Crip, IBC Crips, Center for Blood. It was it, the war was that. But when they actually when it actually started getting serious was in eighty two when my homeboy Siggy Loco killed their homeboy Tony Denor. And I can say that because he went to jail and he was convicted for it and went to YA. So it ain't like I'm talking about nothing. Mm-hmm. Telling somebody about a murder they done, it's on record. Right, right, right. I seen some newspaper articles on that. Yeah, he uh, shot him in the head. Shot him in the head at, at the Burger King on Imperial and uh, Yukon. They used to be there next to the Benz Inn Hotel. And that really kicked it off. Where it got real serious. Huh? Yeah, that's that's when us with the war. When when to me, when I look back at things, I say it was two, two, three killings that turned the whole Inglewood different, but especially from our side, turned it to where I knew where the Emacs set us all down. It was like, if y'all gonna be with this, y'all got to be with it, because now it ain't chasing niggas and fighting no more. It's gonna be killing them all. So if y'all ain't with this, y'all need to get out the way. Or y'all gonna defend the neighborhood. Because now you're gonna be defending it with your life. That was when Siggy killed Tony Denard from Watergate in 82. When Boulder Rock got killed in 83 by the Raymonds. And when these from um, Inglewood family got killed in 83, that summer by the 60s, right? Those three, those within a year's time span, those three murders happened. And after that, Inglewood had never been the same because then it was gangbang. Mm. Murdering, basically. So what influence did Inglewood family have on Center Park? Say that again, I hear you. What, uh... What influence did Inglewood family have on Center Park? Uh, that's a good question. I like that because. Hello? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Oh, one second, real quick, because uh, people keep trying to call me. I'm declining the calls. But that's a good question. It's a real good question because most of my homies going it's a, it's a, an inner thing. But basically, we. Second, we are direct descendants of Inglewood family. It's only a couple of my homies that actually say Inglewood family. But growing up, we used to say this is CPBIFG or nothing. That's that's what we used to say. And that was the steal from the first generation. And that's really because of Taco, because Taco was from Inglewood family, period. And it was because of Taco, Puddy. And a few other homies. But then we had homies that go to jail to be on the streets and be on the jail saying it's CPB. But when they go to jail, they would 
for some reason they chose to say they was from Inglewood family, which always puzzled me. But I think it was more or less because Inglewood family was the dominant, the first of after the chain gang. You know, that was the first Inglewood blood thing. But I, I, a lot of us, we got our own opinion. My mind, basically, I feel like niggas felt they had to lean on the bigger set when they went up in jail. Because back then, going to jail was a muscle if you was a blood. So going in there saying you from a small hood or a set that's not well known, on top of being a blood dealing with whatever you had to deal with with them crazy numbers, maybe made the homies feel a kind of certain way. I can't really speak on that. But me, I was proud to go up in there and let niggas know I'm CPB because I knew how down I was and what I was going to be about. So if you didn't know about it, you know about it now. But back to uh -huh. your original question, the F troop is the homies. I have nothing but love for the big, the F troop. Because they, all the original Inglewood families, not original, but I'm more or less like the second generation from Big Bang, Big Mike, Punkin, Nelly, A-Bay, um, Papa T, Bully, you know, Beebs, those big seven, seven blocks, they was always in the honey because we had bros down there with the Taco sisters and we had a bunch of homegirls in the families used to come down from the seven and bicket in the hood. And that was the influence because basically we were in with families, but on, just technically we weren't because Taco said we finna be CPB, 77. He said 75, but I know I don't think it was 75 because I wasn't there. I was there when they said we were going to be CPB and I know I wasn't there no 75. I was about seven years old, eight years old. So from that point on, it was CPB, but neither did we know. And he going to jail. He in jail. He done started the set. And he in jail claiming he was family. So that was confusing and baffling. Huh. Scat Dog ain't never claimed he was family. He's always been CPB. Huh. But he went to the pen five years after the conception, too. So. Huh. But basically, when you ask me that question, my answer is we descendants of the Inglewood families. We the second oldest gang in Inglewood. So what was the relationship with uh, CMG? Y'all hung in the bottoms a lot, right? Yeah, see, CMGs, is, they are, they basically our counterpart. You know what I mean? Because they, they just on the other side of Morningside. It was always nothing but love with the mafia. Because it's, it, it's our side of Inglewood. You know, our, our relationship with them is just vice versa. We put work in, we go over there, hey, man, watch yourself. We just went and put work in on such and such. And okay, they do put work in. They come over there, watch yourself. We just put work in such and such. Then you got the abs on the other side of Crenshaw. Because basically how the Inglewood format is, I'm on the south side of Inglewood. So our borders between Van Ness to Imperial to Crenshaw to Prairie, we defend that. That's the Mafia, the avenues, and the south side. So our targets is the obvious, this is back then, the IBC is the water against the rains. And now has it transgressed with other games. You got the legends and all this other stuff. Them too. Anything that was a direct threat to the south side of Inglewood. On the north side, the borders was controlled by the Sentinel Parks, NHPs, and Inglewood family. The A-Trade gangsters, the 60s, and everything on their backside. And that's because originally it was, it was originally six gangs in Inglewood. Blood gangs. Inglewood family, Center Park, Crenshaw Mafia, Avenue Pyro, Sentinella Park family, and, and the neighborhood. I mean, and the neighborhood Pyro, because Queen Street wasn't even thought of back then. Uh -huh. Those was the six sets. Three covered the north, and three covered the south. Uh -huh. You, you just, you just. Uh, I just thought about something you said. So, what year do you think Queen Streets came out? I was in Y. I can tell you for a fact, 
I went to Y.A. in September 86. When I came home, it was Queen Streets, and I came home uh, August of 88. So between that time span. <laughs> All right. How, how did uh, Avenue Pyro end up being Pyro's? I have no idea. I yeah. can't. Yeah, that's I don't. I, I can't give you the history on abs. Yeah. I, all I know is we, I've been knowing them for a long time. I know they riders, and we've always been cool. But uh -huh. the ad, we always looked at the ads like pretty boy niggas because they over there they got them big old pretty houses over there, and ain't no graffiti. They used to come on the other side of Crenshaw by Jen's Liquor Store and hit up their hood. We had to tell them, no, y'all can't do that. If y'all can't write nothing on y'all hood on y'all side, y'all can't write nothing on this side of the show. Though that liquor store was theoretically. You know, the spot for us to come. But y'all, y'all ain't gonna write that on this side of the show. This side of the show is us. So I remember gonna come score yours up. Don't try to score ours up. We I remember having a few views about that. Yeah, motherfuckers. But we, it's always been love. Motherfuckers just we deeper than them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that tell you how small the abs is, because we deeper than them. Always have been. <laughs> Around what year they come out, you know? Or when you first start hearing about them. Avenues have was around back in Scared Dog in time, but they wasn't gang bang. Avenues fully to me, Avenues got got established around 82, 83. But I could be yeah. wrong. Like I said, I can't I yeah. would not say that accurately. Yeah, that's why I said as far as you are aware of. Yeah, because cause I knew when I went to when I was going to Monroe in 82 in the seventh grade, it wasn't no Avenue Pyrus going to school with us. But by the time I got to Morningside, the same dudes that was going to school with us were Avenue Pyrus. But I do know they got some older homies like Junior Elliott, the Elliott brothers, Stanley Yim. So they do got some older homies that was messing with Scared Dog Yim back in them days. But I don't, I, I can't say that they was actually Avenue Pie Roof. They, that was that was function. I, I can't give you that accurate. But I say me, when I start recognizing them as being active, I'm saying around 82, 83, with Mobop coming around putting it down. They got a homie named Mobop that was about his business, that is about his business. You guys uh end up having beef with Weirdo Gangster Bloods. What was that about? I was in federal prison, homie. They came. That's a late gang, huh? 90s? Yeah. That ain't even no gang, but I'll give you what I my input on that. Before I went to prison, the rapper dude, Big Wide, that's from Crenshaw Mafia, and the other rapper, Lil Stretch, from Bonnie Hunter. They, they, they was like a little rap chick when they had to bang it on wax deal. So they had a few little dudes on Hunt Lamp Place. They used to hung together and they start calling themselves just little. They wasn't no gang. They was just little rap clicks or whatever, you know, and they was weirdos. So I'm OT doing my thing out of town. I'm, I'm watching it from a distance, seeing how it's starting to form. So I remember back in the days, we had little dudes, these dudes on 110th Street that start calling themselves the hookers. And we told them, look, man, ain't finna be no, none of that. Cause y'all gonna try to, uh-uh. Before we're going to stop this now, either y'all going to be sinners or you're not going to be nothing. We got into it with him. We beat him up a few times till we annihilated that and stopped it. And I use that example to my little homies. And I tell them, look, man, y'all need to stop this weirdo shit now. And this is 99. It's a true story. 99, before I go to jail, I tell my homies, I say, look, man, stop this now. Because if you don't stop it now, it's going to be have a problem. You can't have that many branches on the tree. It's only one hood over here, period. This is sinners. We defended too long. We share it with no one. Oh, big homie, you tripping, you out of town, you doing your thing, these the homies, we kick it with them, it's love, it's all good. I said, okay, you're right, I ain't on the front line no more. Just remember what I told you. 11 years from that date, 
12 years from that time, I told that they end up taking one of my one of my downers little homies, little B-Rat, a young reputable that came directly up under me. So that really broke my heart and hurt me. You know what I mean? It hurt me because my homeboys, my young homies didn't listen. And if they would have listened to me, then that, that beef with the weirdos would have never been because they would have became sinners and there wouldn't have been no issue. But they didn't listen and they let it turn into what it turned how it started and all that. I don't know because I was a genius. Right. Man, I was telling B Rat that you you are a very intelligent brother, man. And uh, Thank you. I I noticed you said you graduated from YA. It's yeah. a shame that black people gotta get their education in, in the system, man. Uh, hey, my mama, one thing mom's always said, man, just just get that high school diploma. Whatever you're doing, I know I can't stop it because you're too far gone, but just get that high school diploma. So that was something that I, every time I went and done a stretch, a serious stretch, I tried to focus on bettering myself in some type of way, even at a young age. Even though when I was in, as I got out of Hawaii, I was going back to the game, trying to suck up some knowledge and have some type of something, mainly because that was from my mom. She, she, she implanted that in me. Yeah, that's a good thing, though, man. So that's why when I went to, I never been to state prison. So after that, I went straight to federal prison with that big hit. And then that's when the book thing came about and other talents and blessings from God came into play. How, how are your book sales? Right now, man, I got 12, I got 12 releases and I'm averaging like 40 to 45,000 a book, which is cool. I'm eating, I'm making a living. But I, my publisher just keeps telling me, don't, you know, don't get me down because I want to be a bestseller. That's my goal. I want to get that 100,000 book sale. Collectively, I got one series that's over a hundred thousand, but I don't have one book that, that could put me on the New York Times bestseller. That's that's the goal I'm striving for right now. Yeah, well, hopefully this will help uh, get you known in in some circles that you're not known in yet. Anything helps, you know what I mean? It all helps. Any type of interviews and anything from a positive standpoint talking about my work always help and I appreciate you giving me that little platform too. Yeah, I, I'm working on something with CJ Mack, man, and I don't really want to put it out there to something develop, but uh, you'll definitely be on my list of people to try to get on there, so. Uh, oh, OJ, CJ Mack, that's an old name right there, boy. Yeah, 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 <laughs> man. Dude's doing good things. He working with Ice-T right now. He's doing a lot of writing for TV shows. That's cool. So. That's cool. Yeah. That's real cool. Yeah, I would like to uh, mm -hmm. definitely uh, put you on that platform, man, because, like I said, ain't nothing better than an intelligent brother from the streets, man. You know, <laughs> that versatile nigga, man. We need, you know, if the kids see that we can still be smart, intelligent, and still strive for peace, man, maybe they'll change their direction. And you know what's, what's, the, what's the trip is? It's amazing that everybody in Eagle will see back then the change of time is, you know, times have changed, you know. But back then, I don't know about other places, other cities in LA, other hoods, whatever I do. Back then, our time growing up, and you didn't go to school, nigga, mama's gonna beat your ass. Mm -hmm. So, majority, you will be, the majority of my homeboys are highly intelligent. I mean, I got a scholar from my hood for real that if you, if I, if I had him on the phone with you, you would swear he's not. Nothing about no gang, nothing. And that's the homie I referred to, my OG homie Emac. Mm. And I mean, he is, his vocabulary, and I'm talking about, it has been this way <laughs> forever. And before it's over, I wanted, because I told him about the interview. And he, he's currently in prison, because he's just, 
confusing. He's just <laughs> bastard. All I can hear up there would be Key to Rock right now. There, oh, okay. just, he's just he's just baffling. As smart as in, he could be a rocket scientist, but it just when it comes to this this activity, it just has it. And once he gets the little spirits in him, he just turns into a monster. Mm -hmm. But he articulates so intelligently. That I, every time I talk to him, every time he write me a letter, I keep it and put it in my file so I can use some of his words in my books. Mm. That's <laughs> real tough. Yeah. Well, what when but, when uh, is he expected to get out? 2024. Six years, damn. Yeah. And he's been down already about he went in as soon as I came home. So I've been home three. So he already he gonna, he gonna end up doing nine. Yeah. Yeah, it, but, it's um, a shame we get caught up in that cycle, man. We keep going in and out of prison. It's like a revolving door for us, man. And, um, and see, I never, like I said, I, I was my my problem was juvenile. Like I say, I had to because the second generation that's when it was wider, and that's when I could camp, camp, camp. Then why? Then when I got out, it was really wild because the third generation took it to another level, and I was loving it, and I'm running with them, but I was trying to get money. So prison never hit me until I go to go out of town, start getting serious money, and get knocked in, and, and I go to the feds from Oklahoma in '99. Uh -huh. So I don't know what the state is like. That was just one penal system that I didn't get to conquer. Right. So. Well, shit, man. I want to thank you for coming on today. And uh, if there's anything you want to close with, go ahead and shoot. All right. I want to. I'm going to plug my books or whatever one more time at the end, but I want to read something from my homeboy Emac. This is a, a letter he wrote me. It's two, it's two little quick little things, half-page things I want to read. This one is called The Witching Out. I see dead people meandering up and down familiar avenues. I traveled as a youth. Eyes mirroring souls long turned as black as coal. Dignity soul on the cheek. Tricks and treats for small change. A handful of chemical fuckery turns an unexceptional man into the guest of honor at a most bizarre feast of souls where everyone sits hungry and unsatisfied. A marathon of mediocrity in a race to the bottom. Hot near empty lighters mimicking thousands points of light shining in abandoned lots at two in the morning. Urban Urban fireflies seeking to mate with, with glass and pebble. A familiar sound of bacon sizzling in this hellish kitchen. No skillet needed. Low-level predators prowling, ensuring no flesh is left on the bones of the bewitched. Last call promises to play now and pay later. Met with propositions for defilement. Gender not an issue. All semblance of morality and standards lost in a smoky haze of Last exhalation oh, melted along with the last hit in a bowl that does not feel, egged by cravings that will not cease on a roller coaster that will not stop until it's upside down. It is then that I realize there are no seat belts. That's mm -hmm. that's from the one I told you this highly intelligent. Mm -hmm. This is the last one. Please, a dish best served cold, but I will still have an appetite if I wait. A plate so full and steamy, concopia of, of devilish devices, entire and evil deed done unto me. Not sufficient to, to sate my hunger, though, for turnabout, conscience or higher ideals off the menu, not there. 
other cheek unavailable. Tunnel vision rampant. Courage provided by amber bottles, spirits, and clothes. Rubber down to a faithful destination stand. Eat lemon, get heartbreak, get heartbreak. Perspiration profuse. Bloodlust complete. Object of my desire. Single contraction of an ambidextrous digit makes smoke and fire belch from a guilty hand. Body laid down, death coming. Life fluid seeping into the ground, death coming. Last thoughts as I fade out, God help me. Mm, that's that's now, deep. Exactly. This is the kind of intelligence that my big homie possesses, mm -hmm. but, but refuses to utilize. Mm. You know, you know, and that's what I say and what I've learned. I'm gonna tell you this. Like in closing, when I was in prison, straight up, I learned from juvenile jail when you was going to jail and you was a blood, you 25 to 1, every one blood, you got 5, 10 crips. And you had to stay down for what you believe in or be a buster. So I had a hatred for crips. I hate them. They were my enemies, not just my surrounding enemies, all of them. I hate them. But when I went to federal prison, as soon as I stepped in, when you go to jail, they ask you where, where you from. First thing you say, you're home from Spud, the blood from West Island Street, Center Park. My nigga, what's that? No, no, homie, where you from? What state you from? I'm from California. Oh, them your homeboys over there. So I look to the right. I'm looking at how niggas stand there. I said, no, them ain't my homies because I'm seeing they all crips. They say, no, go over there. So I go over there. I see one of the homies. They're like, hey, what's up, Spud? I'm like, what's up, homie? What's that in blood? They're like, nah, Spud, come on, man. We ain't like that. Come here. I mean, it's the feds, homie. We B's and C's, homie. We together. This California. I didn't, I didn't appreciate it. I, I didn't like it. I didn't want to be a part of it. So my first few years, I was just fucking with bloods from out of town because I just couldn't see me functioning with no grips. Because remember, I hate these dudes. These dudes is busters because they got to rush with a bunch of numbers. They can't do it like we do it. I hate these niggas. Until one of my homeboys who became my, one of my best friends. Right now, his name is Lil Hotshot from Five. He said, homie, we gangsters. Though we enemies, we gangsters. We California gangsters. We cannot let nothing get in the way to interfere with this California gangsterism, man. We together. I'll die for you, homie. You are blood, and I will die for you. And it, his words sunk into me, man. And now some of the deepest, serious wars that I went through through federal prison, I didn't have bloods in my side. I fought side by side and back by back by crips. So that hatred, that my hatred that I thought I had, nah. Mm -mm. It was a beef and, and enemies beef. But I don't hate Crips no longer. I respect them as gangsters because they're gangsters and I'm a gangster. If we cross paths, we're going to do what gangsters do. But to say I hate them, no, I respect them because I respect real. And I met some of the most realest Crips in my life. And I want this on record. Lil Hotshot from Fidu's Broadway, Kino from 9A Main Street, J Ron from Shotgun, Bozo from 60s, Baby Cass from 60s. These are dudes that's Bull from A-Track, I mean, from Compton Crip, L from A-Track Gangster, Shiny Low from Watts, Lil B Crazy from Watts, Crips, damn good men that taught me a lot. Taught older Crips, younger Crips, my age in between. I got close to a lot of them. Rabbit from A-Track Gangster taught me a lot. Taught me for real about this gangster thing. And from that standpoint, that's what helped me elevate my mental and I try to give it to these young dudes. It ain't about that, man. I don't hate them. They black men. Why are we hating each other? Because we got caught up in that California way. But right now, when I flew to LA a couple of months ago, 
My homeboy hot shot come. You in town? Come check out my truck. I just bought food. I went to his house and sat with him and his mom. We called my other partner, Kino, from Main Street. Went over and got him. Seen crazy slick from Main Street. What's up, nigga? You know what I mean? We all went down to eat. This is something that I would never even been unheard of even thinking of saying 20 years ago. Man, this is what we call growing up and maturity, man. Exactly. And that's what I'm trying to say. I'm grown, homie. I am who I am. I've been through what I've been through, but I'm a grown man, homie. For real. And it took God's blessing to not let none of them bullet shells that hit my body take me, to keep me here to see this, to see this manifestation, homie. And I'm proud of myself for it. For yeah, real. we got to keep pushing because we got a long way to go as black people, man. Oh, we got a long way to go because these young dudes now, though, they done took a turn to a whole new game, man. They can't tell them nothing. But, I mean? but, but we really can't blame them because we was the same way. You know, yeah. we, all, we, we all got brainwashed into this thing that another black man is our enemy. And so, yeah. like you said about writing your books, whatever you do in life, a lot of us want to be the best at it. So, yeah. you know, that's, yeah. that's what made us predators and go out and put in work. Man, and that putting in work, man, that's a scar on my soul. I'm, I hate how I used to be so brag, have so much bravado about that. It just showed me how naive and stupid I was. Because now I have so much shame and scars on my soul for it. And the youngsters is going to experience that too, man. If they lucky. If they lucky enough to live, <laughs> you're right. If, God, if they lucky and God choose to bless them, because I know damn well he blessed me. Ain't no every question. time, every time. Yeah, real talk. <laughs> well, I'm real a, talk. I'm gonna get to working on this interview, man. And I hope you appreciate it. And, and B Rat told me that uh, when you get out here, and one of your other homies get out here, man, he wanna do another sit down, man, with the, yeah, uh, well, your second generation. Yeah, that, generation. you want Uchi? That's my right hand man. Want to get Uchi and then get Little Taco and Louis T, the direct ones that's up up under me that's still out. Because most of them are already gone, either dead or in prison in the third. But uh, it's two, it's two key ones. This this out in the third that can give you how they put it down by. Like he just told me the other night, I man, I knew I was gonna be the set when I used to just watch you. I used to just look <laughs> up to you. I said, man, that don't make me feel good, man. It really <laughs> made me feel bad. So don't think that make me feel good. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, we can definitely put it together, man. And I, I'll assist you, whatever, man. I support your movement. Proud of you. I know you've been doing it a long time. You know what I mean? Don't stop, man. Where can I get your books at? Uh, you can get my books at Walmart, Barnes & Noble. If they don't have them in stock, you can you can ask them to request an order. Or you can hit me up at www.cliffordspudjohnson.com. I have all my books available, and I do pay for shipping. All right, Black Man, peace. Hey, much love, homie. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of Kelmac Video Podcast. Hopefully we'll have the Booyah Tribe video coming soon, Carver Park Compton Crips soon, and Original Front Hood Compton. I want to send a big shout out to Mark Taylor in Canada. I want to thank you for your contribution and the kind note that you left for me. It is greatly appreciated for all the hard work that I do in bringing you guys the real and bringing the real to those fascinated with the legends and the true origins of the Crips and Bloods. For those that want to contribute, 
Go to www.paypal.me slash allhoodpublications. You'll see All Hood Publishing pop up. Enter the amount you wish to donate and send. Also, for those that are interested in Kevmac clothing, go to bear-image.com slash kev-mac clothing. When you watch our videos on YouTube, be sure to like, share, and subscribe. You can follow me on Instagram at BigKevMac1. Thank you, and have a good evening.